this past year, as a Father's Day present, and it was a present, my family indulged me by yet again agreeing to join in watching a film that in my humble opinion, if my progeny are going to be culturally conversant, I deem to be one of the greats that they must experience. They allowed me to scream for them, Alfred Hitchcock's 1944 World War II film, Lifeboat. Pretty good film. Except it's a hard film, because in it, all the scenes take place in this movie on a lifeboat. And it's just after a Nazi submarine sank an American merchant ship. The survivors, among them portrayed by the great William Bendix and Tallulah Bankhead, they face a moral choice when a Nazi sailor who survived the counterattack that sank his ship asks to board their lifeboat. They're instantly presented with an ethical dilemma. What are the limits of their morality? How will they, as free actors, choose? Will they go over and against their own anger and desire for revenge and save him? Will they be humane in the face of inhumanity? And remember, this is during the war. Or will they let their instinctual drive for vengeance prevail? Now, some of the rabbis of our tradition teach that we, too, are on a lifeboat even now. The early images of the book of Genesis, save a bray sheet, are symbolic lifeboats. Noah's Ark, of course. But so, too, gone Aden, the Garden of Eden. Daniel Matt, in his wonderful uh, text, The Essential Kabbalah, teaches that a rabbi of the Zohar asserts that rather than having left the Garden of Eden, we, humanity, instead, we expelled God from our presence, from our lifeboat. To me, the struggle of 21st century Jewish spirituality is how will we as Reformed Jews let that holiness back into our lives and be inspired by it to be better captains than we've been of this lifeboat earth? We in our day have profound choices to make in the face of ethical dilemmas about who we are on this earth and we want what we want this world to be. Looming over us is how we choose to respond to these challenges. As Jews, we have to consider, will we be guided by our values in our lifetime? Or will we be guided by our fears? Well, choosing is one of the themes of this Yom Kippur. A temnitz avim hayom, you're gathered here this day, Moses tells us as we read from the scroll of Torah tomorrow, you're gathered here to look deeply into your soul and think about the choices you've made, the choices you are yet going to make. God places these choices before us, Moses teaches, choosing ubacharta. That's choosing in Hebrew. Can you say it after me? Ubacharta, I'll try it better, ubacharta. You got it. Is our human opportunity our responsibility?
Yes, our tradition asserts that while there may be one God, one oneness that unites all existence, we maintain the power to shape despite our personal circumstances, despite our pain, our disappointments, our response. We are choice makers on this lifeboat and the choices we make consciously or subconsciously shape who we are and whom we might yet be. So, ubaharta bahayim, try it. Ubaharta bahayim. So choose Chayim, choose life, Moses calls out to us from the ancient folds of Torah. Choose 21st century Jews, not just to exist, but to allow the presence of Kedusha, of holiness, back into the ark of your life and live with wonder, live with blessing in the time that you have, live with love. Think about it. Even on this holiday, when we are reminded so much about our finitude and our fragility, our lack of control over natural events, we Jews proclaim that how we will yet live is not predetermined. Despite a past filled with struggles, we can still choose how to be in life. We can choose to embrace existence instead of just simply being a bystander in your own life. I know that in the times we're living, we may not feel like we have the power to choose Frustrated by the hatred out there, the bigotry, the renewed anti-Semitism, political speech that is so amazingly ignoble, intractable progress in stopping global warming or gun violence. We may think that our choices, little us, don't matter. As we tire of seemingly bailing out the chaotic waters of antagonism that are flooding our lifeboat Earth, to no avail. What difference have our efforts made after all, we might wonder. But your Judaism teaches that even in the most challenging of times, it's your ability to make some choices that keeps you aware of your own Kedusha, your holiness, and ongoing possibility. Victor Frankl, psychologist who survived the Shoah and then wrote Man's Search for Meaning. He said in that powerful but short text, everything can be taken from a person but one thing, the last of human freedoms, to choose our attitude in any given set of circumstances. That ability to choose how we will keep living. But for we Jews, it is what reminds us that we are yet holy and that the presence of this undefinable, we put the name God on top of. But it's that power of force. It's in your soul. And it never leaves you. We Jews understand that even when we're not free to determine other aspects of our destiny, our choice still matters.
One of my favorite jokes, a reflection of the arc of Jewish humor, which finds optimism in the face of the deepest challenges, echoes Moses' call to keep choosing life while maintaining hope. It begins with a word from God ringing across the universe with a deity disappointed with the direction of human civilization. Are you guys disappointed with that? So is God. Is taking back the promise to Noah. And that in 40 days there will be a Noahic type deluge. The whole world will be flooded. The world starts to break out into chaotic response. And to calm people, the Pope, God bless him, goes on the air, on the web, looks into the camera, and declares, I only have a little thing to say to you. You have 40 days. 40 days to embrace Jesus or oi. Furious, the Muslims get an imam to go on worldwide television. People want to hear what the imam has to say. The imam is also very short. I just have this to say. You have 40 days, 40 days to accept Allah or oi. Finally, we get a rabbi to go on. And she looks into the camera. And she states, we have 40 days, 40 days to figure out some way how to live underwater. <laughs> because that's part of the foundational vision of Judaism. Say it, Ubaharta. Bahaim, how do we keep choosing life in a time of challenge? We Jews believe that we're inspired by holiness and it's our responsibility to choose a way forward to still try to keep repairing this world and bring love of life back to the center. Like the folks in Hitchcock's boat, even the best of us can stumble we can fall back on that small part of ourselves and let the yetzer hurrah, our selfish inclination, overcome us and keep us from taking the actions that will bring meaning to our existence. But we can follow in the footsteps of the prophet Elijah who, when he let that yetzer hurrah, that anger overcome him, a still small voice came from God and said, Elijah, I am the still small voice inside your soul to be heard and give you the courage to push back that yetzah and wake up to your own capacity to more effectively bring people along and face what's wrong in the world and choose start to making it right. In the ra'ash, the too much sound we hear as we argue past each other, maybe we need to start hearing that still small voice again and make better choices. So what are some of the choices we have to make today? Let me proffer some that are in my mind. Yours may be different. In a time when the Amazon is burning, when low-level islands are flooding, and we can be justifiably afraid that not God, but we're taking back the promise to Noah we're putting our own very existence at risk. We do have some choices that we ourselves can make. We need to resume the role 
that God told Eve and Adam to take on in Sefer Breshit. Not to be dominators, but to be tillers of the garden. You know, the Talmud teaches that God presented the world as a gift to humanity, as a palace to be cared for, as something so precious. Do we need to be better caretakers of this palace? We can point fingers at everybody else, but if your house is on fire, each of us has to act. For me personally, a choice I need to make, I, you may not know this about me, but I am a car freak. I go to the car show every year, and my family won't indulge me. They won't go with me. <laughs> I love tooling around in a 78 MGB, but my next car will have to be electric. Think about what you need to do. Together, we need to consciously ban more plastic from our lives right now. Think about taking glass with you to, for, to work. Think about the company Unilever today or yesterday announced they're going to cut by 40% their plastic usage. But what are we doing? When you walk down to the um, airport uh, to your gate at SFO, I now see signs telling us that we can buy what? That you can buy carbon credits when we fly. Have you done it yet? I'm going to take on that mitzvah. And yes, even though my family is vegetarian, and when we go out, I get to eat beef, I am going to choose the Impossible Burger much more often. Think about your own individual impact. The small together affects the large. In a year when Jews died by gunfire in a synagogue, when we have to have much more security out there as you came in, when anti-Semitism in the form of anti-Zionism and BDS gains in popularity, when LGBTQ Americans have to be afraid right now about what the Supreme Court might do to their freedom because of hatred, and how Muslim Americans also have to be afraid yet in this country as they continue to experience hate, we ourselves have more choices to make. We might choose to be in denial, to think that it might soon pass, that America is different. How many of us have said that? But embracing a passive response to active hate has never really worked for our people. So let us respond to hate by challenging it with vigor, with courage, but also with love. Let us vigorously speak out against hate speech and actions. Let us demand that our leaders on the right and on the left disparage it publicly and often. While our police and our courts actively confront it, there should be no room for hate in the fabric of America. No place for demonizing people who are desperately fleeing violence in the southern hemisphere and poverty. You can actively choose to increase your support for organizations that effectively fight hate, like the ADL and the NAACP. And here in Emmanuel, we want to do something as well, even more. In November, 
We're inviting you to come as we host the leaders of Integrity First for America. They're an organization that brings lawsuits against hate groups, and they are having an impact, a direct impact in their pocketbooks. It's real. And your engagement with them, well, it can help you help to do something. So we hope you'll join us. For as Frankel taught, we can choose to reject the culture of nihilism, the self-centered egoism of our day, and you have the tool in a Judaism that responds to emptiness, whether in the political realm gone amok, in the realm of social media gone amok, by teaching that life is not all about us and our own needs, but about a larger collective, the human race of all colors and orientations, and the planet itself. This is a Judaism that embraces holiness in each and every one of you and wants you to help, make, help you make good choices on your lifeboat. A Judaism that tells you to leave the corners of your field for your poor, to love your neighbor as yourself, to honor others like your parents, even when they're annoying, but also the stranger in your midst. So choose to respond with love as well. Choose to love this Judaism this liberal Judaism that we offer you, or seek another form if this doesn't work for you, and choose to love yourself even more. Don't hide your Jewish identity at a time like this, but be proud of it. Be more immersed in it, and celebrate Torah and the value system that it promotes, the love of inquiry and of pursuing justice. That is the foundation of Jewish engagement and influence in the world, not just for religious Jews, but all those secular Jews doing social justice. They were influenced by this Torah. And I do deeply believe that this city and this synagogue, with its creativity and its vibrancy, how we've always been Jewishly engaged and civically engaged here at Emmanuel, putting tikkun olam at the fore, I do believe that we, in our own small way, can have an impact and try to restore balance to a world so desperately in need of it. Think about it. 169 years ago, Jews in this city chose to embrace and promote the values of Torah as they decided to build Jewish life here. 169 years ago, this was a rip-roaring town. There were more bars and houses of ill repute than anything else. But they chose to build a synagogue. They chose to be proud of their particularity rather than to assimilate. They chose to embrace Judaism and make it San Francisco part of the fabric of our city. They did so in times of challenge to bring balance to the lifeboat. Now is our time to choose Jewish renewal as well and to ensure that the values we hold dear are not only promoted, but they really are passed on to the next generation. That's why we're passionately putting so much effort into Emmanuel Next, which you heard about on Rosh Hashanah, to ensure that this sacred center of Jewish life and creativity remains a vibrant conveyor 
of the depth of Jewish meaning to all who seek to connect to Torah and find inspiration in its timeless values. Our predecessors understood that synagogues can inspire Jews like us and those who love us to keep choosing to question what's wrong and to work to make it right again. And so it's essential that this Jewish home be inviting, supportive, and encouraging as a place for our community to gather and meet 21st century Jewish needs, where our children will learn and our families can celebrate, but also be comforted in a place that's an extension of their homes. If we choose together, Emmanuel will continue to be a beacon of hope and light that will cast the Jewish spirit forward for years to come. Imagine if we chose differently, if we just chose to exist and let this form of Judaism and this house crumble and disappear. Imagine the void and the emptiness. I can't. So let us choose to be inspired by this Jewish adventure, by our own opportunity to be guided by eternal Jewish values and hope and steer our lifeboat that embraces holiness in all human beings and in our lifetimes back to promise. It's an honor to be on this Jewish adventure with you. I look forward to partnering with you as we together build this vibrant Jewish future and do our part to set the world aright. Gamar Tov, Shana Tovah.